Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Weekend Grind. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, here to talk about the MLB slate, but I got somebody joining us. It's Eric Crane, uh, the man of many lineups, the man who's actually going to have a kid here soon. Uh, how's it going over there, Eric Crane? Doing well over here. Got uh, We have about three weeks before the kids come, and I'm getting my last I'm getting my last few weeks that I'm allowed to play DFS. I'm taking two weeks off after the kids' board, so I got I to gotta get, get in while I still can. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good idea. Take a little break, enjoy it, and uh, you know you'll, that also refresh the brain. Sometimes we need breaks too uh, for DFS in general, so maybe that'll give you a nice little break too. You ain't lying there, man. Yeah, it's definitely very true. Uh, real quick, uh, if you guys want, give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Travis Mangone, T R A V I S M A N G O, and I believe you're at Eric Crane, correct? Yeah, I was really creative that day. Just E R I C C R A I N. Yeah, I, I was super creative too. But uh, yeah, you, you had uh, you know, you're you're becoming a new father soon. You had a, a poll up there, not a poll, it was like a questionnaire. If you have any questions, if you have any advice as, as a father, new father, uh, shoot it over to Crane. He'll he'll uh, appreciate I, that. I'm sure. Dude, I got so many awesome responses. Like I like I, I tweeted that thing out. You know, what's the one thing you'd want if you're dad? What's the one thing you should want me to know? And I got something like 120 response. It was crazy. So I got to go through. I've read about oh about a third of them, and I got to go through and read the rest. But it's all very. It's very, uh, very cool. Yeah, it's pretty, anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Mine was uh, just blame variants, right? Uh, blame yeah. variants. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is what I've been doing since I was a kid, yep. Right. When I, well, when you win, it's skill. When you lose, it's variants. You know how that works. That, exactly. That is exactly how it works. But let's dive right into the slate. We have a pretty fun slate. Uh, nice, nice Sunday day slate, as always. Uh, a good amount of games. FanDuel has two, four, six, uh, eight, I think nine, nine or ten games. And then uh, the DraftKings one has, like, I think 11 or so. It goes all the way up to the course field game. So uh, you know how DraftKings and FanDuel are. They kind of split the slates up. But we will go all the way up until the course game, the three, ten game. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. If you want to play cores, go over to DraftKings and play on DraftKings. If you yeah, yeah. By, cores, by the way, guys, here, yeah, here's the cores analysis real quick. Play cores. There, done. <laughs> Yeah, serious, seriously. Yeah, it's and uh, I don't know if you saw today, Trevor Story, no Trevor Story, no cash kind of day. He uh, he went. Oh, was it? Off. Oh, fifty three fantasy points. I mean, well, that's a lot. And at, at the perfect percentage, like eighteen percent. The oh, perfect well. percent. You know, it's funny. I was playing the um, obviously recording this on Saturday night, and I was playing the early slate today. Or no, is the is the afternoon only slate? I played the four hundred dollar on Fanduel, like hundred people, and Francisco Lindor was only like five percent owned. And he went for 54 points. But my team it ended up cashing in it, like min-cashing. I had Lindor, I had Strasburg, and no, and I had only had two other guys who scored points. Yonder Alonso scored nine, and Howie Kendrick scored six. But, but Strasburg and Lindor were so scored so many points, it just didn't matter. Those, those, those days are nice, where you just get this, like the story game where, okay, well, you know what? I had that, so life's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I remember I looked uh, when my team was at 113 points, and it was – 
combined, it was Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Charlie Morton. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like my team right now. And then there's a bunch of bums not really doing much. But we're, we're still in the cash line, so that's good. We're in the green with my main team, so very happy about that right now. But let's dive into this slate again. Pretty nice slate. And uh, first game up, we have an ace on the mound right here. And I've heard Chi said, like, you can argue this guy's a top five pitcher this year. You can argue this is one of the best pitchers in the league right now. We got not Brett Anderson. We got Chloe Severino going up against Brett Anderson. This is the Oakland Athletics against the New York Yankees. And this is against an Athletics team that they strike out a ton, right? Uh, those guys can definitely struggle for sure. Uh, what's your take on this game, Crane? Uh, are we playing a lot of Severino? I mean, this is a slate. Uh, I know we're going game by game, but this is a slate where we have a lot of stud pitchers, right? We got uh, Jacob DeGrom, Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel's probably not in that range of guys. But you know what I mean. Those four top guys in Kluber, Severino, DeGrom, and Paxton, like – what are you doing with Severino? Is he a main guy to target here against this Athletics team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're getting a big-time ballpark upgrade for the A's, but at the same time, they swing and miss a lot. Severino this year, 31% strikeout rate. And amongst all the studs, you know, James Paxson, he's got a higher strikeout rate but a much higher walk rate. Jacob DeGrom, slightly higher walk rate. Corey Kluber, lower walk rate but also lower strikeouts. Severino, to me, is one of the best plays on the entire slate. He's a minus 300 favorite at home against a team that strikes out a lot. And plus, you know, they didn't used to do this, but now they're letting Severino go a little bit deeper into games. Plus, with Severino, you know he's backed up by that good bullpen, so they're not likely to blow any wins. Yeah, that is always nice. Obviously, it just feels like comforting when you're rostering the guy. Uh, on top of that, like I, don't, I didn't watch the full Yankees, Yankees game today, but I know the game ended up going extra innings, and uh, I think it only went like maybe 11. Uh, but it was also like 6-6. Six, six. I think whoever was in there got kind of hit up a little early. Uh, there were some early home runs hit. So the bullpen could be taxed a little. And they could obviously say, hey, Severino, can you get us a little uh, a little extra inning out of it? You know, maybe he goes six and he's out there at 90, 95 or 90. And they say, hey, give us one more inning out of you, even if it's that bad. Or maybe even get you that extra eighth inning. And they just kind of get the closer in there and end it out. So that's always uh, something I look for. Just a little bump for guys. Uh, when, it, when we're looking at these tiebreakers between guys at the top. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, here, I was just going to say with Severino, you kind of mentioned him going deeper in the games. He's had five starts in the last 30 days. Six innings is the fewest amount of innings that he's thrown he's thrown six six seven seven and nine in that time frame so the innings I'm not concerned at all by the way his lowest output 40 points over on FanDuel his highest 67 so I mean you're getting a really nice floor with him in a really good matchup I think Severino's a spectacular play today yeah, I like it. Mean, minus 306 favorite, too. I mean, this is a great spot for him. I think he's going to be the cash game SP, like SP1 that I'm looking at. Uh, let me just look at the price real quick on DraftKings. Make sure. And it's crazy, right? Kluber, he is at the top. Paxton, you know, he's 300 more. <laughs> Severino's the third ranked one, like at $12,200. Uh, $12, like, it's really tough not to want to play Severino here. So I think he's my favorite pitcher of the slate. Uh, you agree? Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at the pitchers right here, like, to me, Paxton, Severino, and DeGrom are all really close. I think Jacob DeGrom against Philly, with that strikeout rate again, he's got a higher strikeout rate than Severino, so and you get a $1,700 savings from him. So I think I might lean DeGrom just a little bit, but Severino, it's really close between them. Paxton's right up there. I don't think it's really hard to go wrong there. And, of course, you got the most expensive guy, it's Corey Kluber. Uh, he hasn't been quite as good this year, but at the same time, it's still Corey Kluber. So – I think it's really hard to go wrong with any of these guys, but Severino as a big favorite, I think he might be one of the safest plays on the whole slate. Agree with you on that. Uh, so Brett Anderson, he stinks, right? Uh, I'm definitely yep. down to target him. He's a lefty. That's not good. Who do we want, right? Yankees bats. They're obviously a stack to like with a 5.58 total. I'm sure everyone's going to know that. So how are you kind of approaching this team? Is this a team you want to be overweight on, underweight on, even with the field? Uh, what's your take? 
You know, I'm looking at the bottom of this lineup, and I'm looking at FanDuel pricing right now, and they're all just so cheap, especially you look at Aaron Hicks, had a big game today. Tyler Austin, back from the DL. Miguel Andahar, he's a young kid, a lot of potential there. There's a lot of people who think he's going to be doing big things, and all three of those guys are under 3K even. You can easily play Severino and those three guys, and then you play one of Judge, Stanton, even D.D. Gregorius is too cheap at 3.8K, Brett Gardner 3.4. Like, it's weird to see these Yankee prices and say, well, this team is too cheap as a stack, but I like them a lot. And again, with Brett Anderson, we know a lot of fly balls, especially against right. He's a great ballpark. We'll have to check out the weather report from Rob. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and the wind will be blowing out too. But obviously the Yankees, one of the top offenses on this entire slate. It's really, it's, it's really hard to poke holes in a spot like this. And this, a finesse lefty, by the way, Giancarlo Stanton just smashes these guys. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting stack. And uh, when it comes to weather, uh, man, I already have to do this like 12 hours beforehand. I'm not trying to predict the weather too. So uh, I stay out of that business at least. Uh, I let Roth, I stay in my lane. I let Roth do that. So yeah, obviously wind blowing out though. I always like to mention that kind of stuff. If that's the case, that's obviously a little bump in the offense and that would be good for sure. Uh, is that it for this game? Want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Alrighty, we got the Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. And this is like the uh, battle of two young, pretty talented pitchers. Kind of seems like a game I might just stay away from because, again, uh, two guys that I, I like, but I don't know if it's the right slate for them. Blake Snell and Dylan Bundy. Uh, it's tough. I don't really think I have interest in these guys. It's just It seems like one of those games I hope uh, – turns into like a 3-2 game. Like I heard you say the other day, I think on Twitter, I think it's weird that I'm rooting for just uh, all ground balls and outs, but I feel, yeah. that, I feel that way in this game. Let's just kind of fade it and just root for ground balls, right? Well, the thing is, if you play Dylan Bundy, you know he can't do worse than his last game. That is very true. Zero yeah. in, I mean, zero innings, four home runs against, zero strikeouts, zero outs, seven. Is minus 21 on FanDuel the worst score we've ever seen? Uh, it's bad. Uh, it's definitely one of the worst ones we've seen, but I mean, I, I'm sure seven, someone. How, though? Seven runs, zero outs, zero strikeouts. How does it get worse than that? Uh, eight runs. Eight, eight runs, zero strikeouts, and zero outs, I guess. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen one of those in a while, so you're right. He's definitely going to have a better outing. Uh, I just – it's tough, though. I don't just don't know what to do with this game. Like, I just kind of want to cross it off. Is that how you feel? Because that's kind of how I feel. I love Blake Snell, and the Orioles are a team that, you know, they're not good, so should I want to target them? And uh, Bundy, I think I'm just staying away from because I'm just, I'm just deathly afraid of you after what happened. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I think Dylan Bundy's DraftKings price is awfully attractive. Do you, uh, do you see what that price is? Uh, yeah, 7.9. Jeez. No, no, no. That's FanDuel. Oh, Look I have the, the DraftKings price. 5,500 for Dylan Bundy. How is he 5.5? At- <laughs> okay, like. They're begging you to play this guy at that price. Like, so this <laughs> this bothers me because DraftKings has done a great job with pricing, but they're doing too good of a job where it's like now they're getting ridiculous. Like they're just like, they're going too much too much of an extreme. Dylan Bundy is not this bad of a pitcher to be 5,500. So uh, He's cheaper not- than Jose Urania. <laughs> That is actually an insane price tag. So uh, I, I didn't realize that. I was looking at the FanDuel one. So uh, Yeah, wow. FanDuel 7.9K, I think you can just kind of fade it and move on. But if you need an SP2, and we were talking earlier about these big-time pitchers, Kluber, Paxson, Severino, DeGrom, all in this slate. To me, if you want to pair them up, and we know Coors Field is on DraftKings too. So if you want to get a cheap SP2, I think Dylan Bundy is reasonable, especially against a Tampa team that strikes out a lot. I know you're feeling uncomfortable right now because it's just not a fun thing to want to click on that button, especially when you see that negative 21 in the last start. and He was relatively popular in that last outing. But at the same time, 
you have to think if something was physically wrong with this guy, they wouldn't be throwing him out there five days later, right? Yeah, it's just I hate when I hate when sites force me to play a guy. That's all. I hate when they force me to make my not make a decision and just have to basically play him. And it seems like in cash games, it feels like you're going to be forced to play this guy. Uh, it's just at this price, it, there's value there. There's way too much value there. And uh, I guess I'm just going to have to eat the chalk if I'm playing cash games and tournaments. I mean, does he become chalky based on the really bad start? Like, do we wor- not worry about ownership? I mean, it is a pretty big slate. Uh, it's definitely interesting. I mean, the Rays are not a team where I. I think people try to target the Rays more than they should. So that's one reason I've kind of been staying away from targeting that offense. But again, that price for Dylan Bundy, the more you mention it, like 5.5K, again, I had the wrong site up when I was looking at it. And uh, it is really appealing. I think he's going to be, become an interesting SB2 option. I think Blake Snell is too expensive at 9.8K. I'm sure he could get there, but I just think if he, if he does well, I, I'll just lose and I'm okay with that. Uh, I'd rather just pay it for other starting pitchers, like go up to a DeGrom or find the money to Semperino instead. But man, I guess I do have some interest in Bundy now. You know, it's funny because I I got a buddy who I talk to about DFS every single day, and he has no idea I'm doing this podcast right now. And I swear to God, two minutes ago, he messages me, happy Dylan Bundy day. He has no idea we're even discussing this right now. And <laughs> it's just too funny because I'm looking at this price and I, I, look, it's Dylan Bundy. Like, are we scared of the last three starts? Yeah, of course we are. He has been... I, atrocious might be kind because if you combine his last three games, he still has negative points. Right? But at the same time, before that, we were seeing a pitcher who threw pretty well, and I tend to believe in the talent here. Now, it, am I a little bit scared there's an injury here? Yeah, of course I am because you look at the last three games and it's just like the guy fell off a cliff. But at 5,500, I'm going to be willing to roll the dice against Tampa. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth considering. Uh, it's just, man, it's crazy to, uh, I just hate this kind of stuff. But hey, uh, we're going to have to look to him. He's definitely going to be someone to uh, consider. Uh, he, he was really good to start out the year. And let's just hope that was like kind of a bump in the road. And we really just kind of can take advantage of this price. Uh, any interest in the bats in these games? Uh, I mean, of course, if you want to play Manny Machado as a one-off, I'll never talk you out of it. But I just kind of want to stay away from the bats in this game. What about you? You know, I'm looking at one of two guys on Baltimore, Manny Machado and Mark Trumbo. We know Mark Trumbo against these lefties, just, you know, Trump bomb after Trump bomb. Uh, you could roll with Danny Valencia. He's really cheap over on FanDuel at 2.4K. Uh, uh, but like you said, Manny Machado guy that's just on fire right now. Um, he single-handedly helped me cash in some tournaments, yes, or two days ago, I guess. So he's somebody that I don't really care. if It's a lefty. Like Mancini, Adam Jones, Jonathan Scope, they're not quite as good against left-handed pitching as you would think. Manny Machado and Mark Trumbo would be the two guys I would be targeting. Yep, I think that makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays. Nine and a half total here. And we got Drew Pomerantz against Joseph B. Agini, and we haven't seen this guy in a while. Uh, I believe this is his first start of the year, right? Uh, he was the guy that came out of the bullpen last year and kind of like worked up his pitch count. Uh, no, he did. He has pitched. Uh, I, I don't know how I, I must have missed him. He was he did pitch a couple games. I must have missed those ones. But he went 106 pitches and, and 86 pitches. So uh, I guess I'm not worried about his pitch count. Again, I remember that from last year because it was something we tracked a lot and he was really cheap. And hey, he's 4K on this slate. I don't love targeting the Boston Red Sox, but I do think 4K pitchers on core slates are intriguing. It's something that I think we have to consider more. Uh, and if people don't, I think they're crazy not to think about it because again, I think the bats are kings nowadays in DFS. So I think they're very important. So be a genie at 4K against a Red Sox offense. I don't think I'm going to do it because I just, this is not the matchup to target at all. And they just don't strike out a ton. What do you think though at 4K on be a genie? Any interest? I think I'd rather play Bundy. 
Yeah, just yeah, there's no real interest for me. I mean, he's an underdog at home in a game with a total of nine and a half. Just not really a situation I want to target. It's you know, and if, if he puts up twenty, you're going to wish you had him. But I think that the likelihood of that happening is there's a better chance that he puts up a negative number than that he puts up fifteen or twenty. So for me, it's kind of a stay away spot for me. It's yeah, same. What about on the opposite side? Drew Pomerantz, any interest in him? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not as much a Pomerantz guy. I don't remember the last time I've rostered this guy. It's been a little while. So uh, he's, he's any interest in him, I'm just not as interested on this late. I think I'd rather just go down to Bundy probably and pray. You know, I, I am a true Drew Pomerantz guy, but I don't think today is going to be that day. He's thrown 12 innings or six innings each of his last two starts. He's thrown fine. Um, you know, he's not really a play on DraftKings just because – you, the guys who walk people are really just trying to avoid on that side. At the same time, 7100 a reasonable price tag. It feels weird. It's just kind of a stay-away spot for me. I know it's a game with a total of 9.5. I'm not supposed to want to ignore Josh Donaldson, of course, against the lefties in play. But as far as Pomerantz goes, I don't have a lot of interest in him. Yeah, so we don't have interest in these pitchers too much. What are we doing with the bats then, Crane? Who you like in these in this game uh, on the hitter side? Yeah, I kind of just want to stay away. I mean, Andrew Benintendi's too cheap on FanDuel at 3.6K. Um, Mitch Moreland just comes through every single time I roster him, so I have some interest there. Josh Donaldson, of course, against the lefty. We like Yasker Hernandez. This isn't really the spot I would want him. You know, I want him against a guy that doesn't strike people out, and that's not Drew Pomerantz. Um, yeah, this I'm supposed to have more interest in a game with a nine and a half run total. And maybe later I will. And maybe I'm just staring at the name in Drew Pomerantz. I'm not really looking at the numbers. But then again, the numbers, 22.5% strikeout rate, 9% walkout, walk rate. I, I'm probably just going to look for single solo home runs here. I doubt it's a full stack for me. Yeah, I like that. Like solo home runs, like Josh Donaldson against the lefty. I think that makes sense. And hey, I, I kind of like to say when there's, a, when there's like a really high potent offense like the Red Sox, if you're listening right now and you want to play them, Go for it. I'm not going to say the Red Sox are normally a bad play, like especially against a guy like Biagini. They're not a bad play, but I'm just spending my money elsewhere on other offenses. I'd rather spend on the Yankees or, you know, the Coors. There's other offenses that I would rather spend on instead. So uh, if you want to pay, pay for the Red Sox, I wouldn't talk you out of it because, hey, they're a very high-potent offense and you can absolutely go off. But uh, there's other ways I'm spending my money on this slate. Uh, any any other uh, interest in this game or you want to move on, Crane? Yeah, I think we can move on. Like – like I said, I'm supposed to be interested in this game, but right now I'm just not. Yeah, same. Uh, next game on the slate, Atlanta Braves, Miami Marlins. This is an eight total with Sean Newcomb going up against Jose Urena. And, uh, you know, first thing when I saw this game and I was went over to it, but as you were talking about the Red Sox, I just saw Jose Urena. And you know what I thought? I thought your best friend, Big T, is going to tweet out free money Fredman, uh, free money Freddie tomorrow. Like, it's going to happen, better right? I mean, you, hey, you play free money Freddie. You play Jose Albies, even Nick Marcakis. And if you want to throw a little bit of money on Ender Inciarte hitting, you know, who knows where he's going to be hitting, probably hitting like fifth or sixth, though. I have no problem with it. I really like this matchup a lot for Atlanta. We know the thing about Atlanta is they like to stay aggressive. Like, they're not really a team that puts up runs and puts on the brakes. And especially against the Marlins, Urania, we know Jose Urania, decent against righties, really, really bad against lefties. So to me, that even if it's just a mini stack of Albies, Freeman, Marquez, I have a lot of interest in Atlanta, even in a bad ballpark in Miami. Yeah, and like, man, I don't know why Vegas hates them. Like, 4.2 run total against Urena, that just seems crazy to me. So... Just the ballpark. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just it just seems like they're gonna put up more runs in that. And I, I like this brave side of the ball. Uh and I, I'm a fan of Sean Newcomb in general, so I just uh, I'm baffled by like the minus one twenty eight, like uh, on the you know, opening like that. Like this just make 
I thought it'd be like maybe like minus 140 or something like that, but maybe I'm going crazy. But again, like I, I just like this Braves offense. I think in DFS, if you have the money to target these guys, you should. One thing to note uh, is the catcher position, right? If you're playing cash games, you're looking for a cheap catcher punt. A Kurt Suzuki or Tyler Flowers is a great play here to just throw in there. Uh, one thing I love about this stack too, I always mention this is, hey, I hate rostering catchers, so it makes things easy. I can just like throw in the catcher there. So uh, that's obviously something to note. So I like this Braves offense. It's definitely one of the offenses I would be looking to get a little overweight on uh, in tournaments. Uh, any interest in Sean Newcomb against the Marlins or any of the Marlins hitters, Crane? Uh, on FanDuel, yeah. DraftKings, he's priced at 9.5K. I'm going to struggle to pay that when I can just pay a 1000 more for Jacob DeGrom. You know, just, I, I just don't see a way to play Sean Newcomb, even though he's been really good. On this slate, Sean Newcomb's sixth highest strikeout rate um, in 2018 on this entire slate, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, Sean Newcomb, obviously, he's really good, but people don't think of him as being that good. Now, the 11% walk rate is really concerning. But again, Miami, a team, they're not going to strike out a ton, which is a little bit concerning. That's why I like the price tag on FanDuel a little bit more. DraftKings, I don't think I want to pay that price, but... I'm not going to talk you out of it if you want to, because he's going to be really low on. Yeah, agreed. I, I kind of agree with everything you said there. And, hey, maybe Justin Bohr gets a day off, right, a Sunday against a lefty. Uh, Sunday we get some weird lineups, and that's something always to note. Uh, I always kind of get the disclaimer when I do the podcast on Saturday nights. Uh, Sunday there's going to be tons of different value that opens up, and people will sit. So, obviously, look at that if you're looking at pitchers. See if there's some watered-down lineups. See if there's some value that helps make some things work. So, that's always something to look for. And Justin Bohr is a candidate that could easily sit against a lefty here. So, uh, that's kind of it for this game, though, for me. You want to move on to the next one? Absolutely. All right, Kansas City Royals, Cleveland Indians this is an eight total, and we got Danny Duffy and uh, Corey Kluber going up against each other. And uh, man, it's tough. Kluber has not been the same this year. I think I'm going to end up going to other starting pitchers instead. Uh, again, I'm not a 150 lineup guy like you. Uh, I don't need to get exposure to all these different guys, and I know it's obviously not how it works. But I'm just going to take a stand and not play Kluber on this late. I think I'm going to more so go to some of the cheaper options. Uh, what about you? Like, what's your take in tournaments? Are we going overweight, underweight? Even with the field, what are you thinking with Kluber? Honestly, I'm looking at the stats right now, and it's probably underweight. He has six or fewer strikeouts in five of his eight starts this year, which is concerning for Kluber. The overall number, he's only eighth on the slate in strikeout rate, 26.3%. The walks are still great. Obviously, it's a spectacular match against Kansas City. He's very unlikely to kill you. But at the same time, at 13-3 on DraftKings, at 11.2K on FanDuel, why not just try and save some money? Go to a guy like Paxson, Severino, or DeGrom. That's kind of where I'm falling, but at the same time, I think a lot of people are going to do that. I think Kluber is actually going to end up being under-owned on this slate. So, game theory perspective, he's probably, I don't know. What do you think? Is he probably going to be the highest scoring pitcher on this slate? Oh, Kluber? I just just like Severino more, man. Like, I I get it. He's been better. Severino's been better this year. Severino's been like, I mean, he was supposed to be this guy. Like, it's not just like an anomaly that this is happening. Like, everyone knew Severino was going to be good. And it's just like, he's just hitting that trajectory right now. And I just want to stay aboard it pretty much. Oh, I get it. And, you know, the thing is, in 2018, Paxson, Severino, DeGrom, they have all been better than Kluber. So, I get it. If If you want to play Kluber because you think he's safe, because you think nobody's going to play him even, I, I'm okay with that. I doubt I do it, though, because I'm going to base my decisions more on what I've seen from these guys this year. Same. Uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, so no interest in the Royals, though. I just kind of a spot where I'm just crossing off the hitters, too. Don't need to mess with them. But on the opposite side, hey, Francisco Lindor, you told me he treated you well yesterday. I'm assuming you'll go back to the well against a, a terrible pitcher like uh, Danny Duffy. And this Indians offense, I mean, they have a 5.14 applied run total. They're heavy favorites. This seems like a spot where people will be over the, all over the Indians. So what do you think about the Indians here today? 
the Indians are just going under round on every slate, and I'm just going to keep playing them. I mean, Francisco Lindor, he's out, he's, he hasn't been owned at all lately. Jose Ramirez the same way. E5, you can definitely play, especially against the fly ball lefty. Brandon Geyer will be in the lineup. You need to save some money. Rajay Davis will probably be in the lineup too, especially with Zimmer. He was scratched today. Tyler Naquin got hurt two days ago. So I think you could see – I don't know. I don't think this Indians team will be popular. I really don't. Like, I've been playing a ton these last few days, just not carrying a lot of ownership. Even today on the four-game slate, not a lot of ownership. So – I'm just going to keep playing him. I'm going to play against Duffy. And the nice thing about, about Duffy, everybody thinks of him as a strikeout guy. guy. He's only 20% strikeouts. That's slightly below league average. Almost 9% walks this year. And by the way, he's backed up by one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball. So Cleveland, a team, doesn't really put on the brakes. You know, I talked about that with Atlanta. Cleveland's the same way. They go for blood. And um, especially with him being banged up, I don't expect these guys to get pulled. I could see this Cleveland offense once again, nine or 10 runs. It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, I think this is definitely an offensive target, right? If you're if you're making, uh, you know, 150 laps, I want to get overweight on the Cleveland Indians offense tomorrow. So like them, definitely a team you want, want to get some exposure to, especially, you know, uh, it's a Sunday, right? Where you maybe get, maybe get Rajay Davis batting towards the top, Brandon Geyer in a good lineup spot. Like those are two guys, those are, they're lefty mashers, right? Uh, those two. So I think they're good values that could open up and obviously make this team just a great stack to have, uh, you know, those cheap guys help make it work too and have a little pop in against some bad lefty like Danny Duffy. He's been struggling this year, so. Uh, definitely a fan of that. Uh, ready to go on to the next game? Let's do it. All right, Seattle Mariners, Detroit Tigers. We got James Paxton, who, man, he was phenomenal the other day pitching that no-hitter, and he's going up against the Detroit Tigers against Blaine Hardy. Uh, I don't know if he's a creative player on uh, MLB The Show or anything like that, but do you know much about Blaine Hardy, Crane? Because I really you don't know. I've pulled up his stats. Yeah, I pulled last, it up just now to check it out. Yeah, last, last year, <laughs> this, this is a little bit scary if you're a Blaine or Hardy truther, which I can't imagine is a real thing. Uh he only made two starts in AAA last year. He was a reliever last year. And both those starts came before the All-Star break. Now, you go to the 2018 stats in AAA, he has started – he started seven – nope, four games this year. Sorry. He's played in seven games, so he hasn't even been a full-time starter this year. He's somebody that um, – no. But he's a no-name. He's a weird-looking dude, by the way. And, and for, not for nothing, this is usually a good indi- indication of how good a guy is – He's 31. This isn't, a, this isn't some 22-year-old rookie that's just going to come in, you know, maybe with some potential. This is a guy, triple-A guy at 31. Those guys tend not to fare very well when they get to the major leagues, and especially against a team like Seattle with guys like Mitch Haniger, Nelson Cruz, uh, Gene Segura, Ryan Healy, Mike Zanino, some guys that can really mash left-handed pitching. Uh, Mr. Hardy is probably going to have a bad day, and we kind of talked about this with the Royals, backed up by an atrocious bullpen. Yeah, uh, this this seems like a uh, the bullpen game for the Tigers. Uh, definitely think uh, you know targeting this lefty in Blaine Hardy sounds like a good idea. And hey, uh, you know if you're if you know you're one of your best friends, she's as good as listening. I'm sure he's listening, thinking Blaine Hardy, bad lefty. Hey, Nelson Cruz on the opposite side, he has to be one of the top plays on this slate, right? I mean, just that price is really juicy, four point three k. Uh, really crazy price tag on him on DraftKings. I want to see the FanDuel one because that's probably three point seven cam fan. He's too cheap on FanDuel as well. Yeah, he's like uh, you know one of those guys that I think you're on jam and uh, you know he seems like a good home run call tomorrow. Uh, and again, like I said, bullpen game possibly, and that, we know that Tigers bullpen is not good. So after like this Mariners offense, I think they're going to be one of the top offenses to look to target on this slate uh, against a, just a bad Tigers pitching team in general. Uh, I, I, we didn't talk about Paxton enough though. Uh, what, so what are you doing with him, right? I think my lean right now is 
Uh, Severino and Paxson are like my one in like one A one B, and then Degrom, Degrom might be a little bit lower, but obviously the price is what matters. It's those three guys that are the main guys I'm looking at. Do you have? I mean, we're obviously like twelve hours before the game starts, so it's hard to t- say right now. Do you have a ranking of which guy you like more? For me, it's tough right now. I think Severino is my one at this time, and then it's Paxson and Degrom that are right there, kind of close, and it it could obviously change as things go. But what are you thinking right now, Crane? I think it's really hard to go wrong. <laughs> you know, agreed. agreed. It's, it's, that is not yeah. right. You know, I mean, I think if anything, I'm going to give a slight lean to Paxson. It's a better ballpark for pitching. Um, Detroit, not really a pitcher's ballpark, more neutral, but we know Yankee Stadium, it's a hitter's ballpark. We know Paxson had a higher strikeout rate this year, 34% to 31%. More walks, which is concerning, but at the same time, the Tigers' offense, not a scary offense, especially no Miguel Cabrera in there against the lefty. So, to me, Paxson, I prefer him to Severino. But, again, you're really splitting hairs with these two guys, and I think it's going to be hard to go wrong. Yeah, totally agree with you on that, uh, 100%. And, you know, kind of just looking at things, uh, you know, p- tried to pull up the, the, the lineup HQ to kind of check to see if we had the umpire data yet. We don't have that. And I was going to maybe give you a little peek behind the way of paywall, but, you know, we're going to lock that down for now, and you can check it out tomorrow if you're premium. So, uh, obviously, that always helps, right, the, uh, the umpire data and stuff. And uh, more factors will go into it, right, seeing what the lineups are. Uh, those little things obviously help uh, kind of pick out and make those final decisions on pitcher. But James Paxton is a guy that, uh, I'm definitely going to be scared of to not be overweight on, and you should definitely want some exposure to him. No exposure to the Tigers' offense, right? And we can move on. No, any, no. Any- well, I, I do want to say something about the Mariners' offense because if this is a bullpen game, everybody's going to – that stacks the Mariners. They're going to say, okay, lefty on the mound. Give me Cruz. Give me Hanner. Give me Segura. And those guys are obviously great plays. But – if it's a bullpen game, you're only going to get one, maybe two at-bats against Blaine Hardy, which means that you're going to get some righties coming out of the bullpen. Guys like D. Gordon, Robinson Cano, Kyle Seager. You're going to see those guys at a fraction of the ownership of Nelson, the Nelson Cruz and Mitch Hanniger's of the world. So to me, in tournaments, I'm really going to actually focus on guys like that whose price is way too cheap also. Yep, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to the next game. We got the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. We got Jacob DeGrom going against Aaron Nola. And uh, we shouldn't sleep on Aaron Nola, too. I'm a big Nola fan, and against this terrible Mets offense, I think he's certainly in play, too, as one of those guys to be in the conversation of this pitching uh, talk that we've had. First of all, what's your take on Nola? Let's talk about him a little bit because he's kind of gone ignored from uh, the discussion so far. Do you have a lot of interest in Nola here against the Mets offense? Because, I mean, Nola is the favorite over DeGrom, which just seems kind of crazy to think, but uh, it's true. Yeah, Vegas definitely not expecting a lot of runs to be scored here. Only a seven-run total. Nola is a minus-125 favorite, and he's been good this year. Strikeout rate at 24%, not many walks. He's been, he's been, uh, he's been on the lucky side of Babbitt, only uh, 250 Babbitt. But at the same – I mean, could you play Nola? Yeah, but, again, it's a roster construction thing for me. And I keep looking at these guys, Paxson, Severino, DeGrom. You can pay 9500 Wait, what's the, what's the DraftKings price on Nola? Do we have that? Because right now he's not listed as the starter on DraftKings. It's actually Zach Eflin. And I wonder, is this going to be a doubleheader tomorrow or not? Because the game was rained out on Saturday. Yeah, and that's a good question. Uh, I can pull up some things right now about it. Uh, I guess talk about Nola real quick while I'm kind of looking for the Philly starter, I guess, to kind of well, figure out what it is. Because again, Yeah, I mean, we know right. You know, Nola's a guy who struggles with lefty. He's been a little bit better against lefties this year than he has been historically. And he's pitching at home. It's a hitter's ballpark. But I doubt I play Nola just because, once again, I'm probably either going up to pass and Severino or even DeGrom and from there it's going to be unlikely that I have the salary to afford a guy like Aaron Nola I'm more likely to go down to a guy like Dylan Bundy have you do we know if he's if Nola's pitched 
thing with DK Slate tomorrow? Or is it Eflin? Uh, so the last thing I'm seeing from the one of the Phillies beat writers is Phillies have not yet scheduled a starting pitcher for tomorrow. Zach Eflin was scheduled tonight. Aaron Nola for tomorrow. Mets will push back Noah Syndergaard to Tuesday and stick with Jacob the ground tomorrow. So uh, we don't really have that word, but uh, the doubleheader will be made up on Thursday, August 16th. So we don't have to worry about uh, tomorrow or anything like that. And, hey, single admission. So if you want to go to the game, you get two games for one. Woo! So, All right. Yeah. I'm going to Philly in August, baby. Yeah, I'm not too far away. So I could actually make that trip. Uh, so we'll see. But, uh, anyways, it's just we don't know what, who the pitcher is going to be. So uh, if no one's on the mound, I think he's obviously in play. If Eflin's not there, obviously things would change, and we'd want to have interest in a lot of these lefties, right? By the way, Eflin's been really good. I know, and it's, like, weird. Uh, it's, like, I, 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 when I said that, it's, like, in my brain when Grain last year was target Eflin with lefties, but I was, like, well, he has been good this year, but, I mean, the Mets do have some really good lefties, right? Uh, so it's it's kind of tough. I mean, Conforto, obviously I mean, one Jay, of those guys. Jay Bruce isn't expected to be in there tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, Conforto, and who has? Drupal Cabrera, he, he's the second best lefty on this team. Adrian Gonzalez is going to hit cleanup. Like, this is not a Mets team that's imposing. This is a game that just screams, like, three to two, two to one type of game, and it could go either way. So I I definitely don't have any interest in these Mets bats. I want to talk about DeGrom really quick because the fact that he is a – he's an underdog on the road is a little bit surprising. But DeGrom this season, he's been spectacular, 32% strikeout rate, only six-and-a-half walk run walk rate. He's got the second lowest Sierra on the slate, just one one-hundredth of a point behind our boy Luis Severino. And – as far as upside go, we know this Phillies team very much boomer bust. They can strike out in bunches. I love DeGrom in tournaments. And the discount you get on DraftKings, not so much on FanDuel, but on DraftKings where he's a full 2000 bucks cheaper than that upper tier, I think is that he's a great, great value tomorrow. Yeah, agree with you on that. Uh, again, and we're definitely going to have to see like what, what they end up doing with the starter tomorrow because that's obviously going to change things. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's one of those games kind of have to wait for tomorrow. And uh, we talked about it, I guess, as much as we could. The hitters are obviously one, like you said. I kind of agree with this. It could be a low-scoring game, and it could go anyway. So I think we kind of just stay away from the hitters for the most part. Uh, it's a big enough slate where we can do that. Agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no interest in hitters from this game whatsoever. All right, sounds good. Let's go on to the next game. We're in a game where I definitely have some interest in here is because, hey, Derek Holland's on the mound, and that guy's terrible. So uh, let me, give me all those righties on the Pittsburgh side of the ball. We got the Giants against the Pittsburgh Pirates, eight and a half total. And, man, uh, my boy Maxwell Moroff, he hooked me up yesterday with a nice home run uh, for the 2K minimum price tag on Fandle. So I love this guy. Uh, he's been a guy I've actually gotten, you know, when he played a little bit last year, obviously, uh, ended up on the good games with him. So I'm a big fan of him. And uh, this Pirates offense in general, they're not normally an offense I like to target, but when you throw Derek Holland on the mound on the opposite side, I have a lot of interest in these righties on the Pirates side. What about you? I always struggle to play right-handed bats in this ballpark because this ballpark is death for right-handed hitting. At the same time, Derek Holland brings the right-handed hitters to life. I mean, he's got a 4-8-1 XFIP against righties this year. He's... He's been better, still not good. I This is honestly kind of a stay-away game for me, and it worries me a little bit because I'm looking at the Pirates' four-and-a-half run total. Gonna be, I don't think they're going to be popular in this ballpark, but to me, it's ah, I just have enough concern with this ballpark for a guy like Holland who, the you know, the issue is he gives up a lot of right-handed power, right? What does this ballpark do? Take away right-handed power. So to me, it's a stay-away spot. I doubt I roster anybody in this game, but – I wouldn't argue with you if you wanted to. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to stack them up, right? But I think maybe get taking some shots on a couple of these power guys, right? Go with like maybe a Marte here or there. Josh Bell, like mix in a little Sean Rodriguez if you see him for cheap, right? Uh, or maybe, I know, Gene, Gene uh, I was saying Dean, and I was putting Gene. Uh, oh, Jordan no, Lester. not Dean. You know, I was putting it, I was, you know, talk of Dean. Well, I was, putting, I was putting together Dean and Jordy Mercer together because that's his guy. But, you know, Jordy Mercer, Lefty Masher, former Lefty Masher, I guess you can call him. But uh, more so Sean Rodriguez, right? He seems like a nice little, like, power guy that's for cheap that we go to so i think some of these righties like if you get david freeze in there you know you're a former cardinal he can hit lefties pretty decently so uh i don't know i just think some of these righties aren't bad maybe it's not a spot where we go to five man stack but uh i don't hate maybe doing if you're building like a three you know three three two team like maybe get two of these pirates in here i don't think it's a terrible idea like maybe a Marte and a rodriguez just for a little uh pop upside against a guy like holland yeah i mean if you want to roll the dice on a guy like sean rodriguez who does hit lefties well i don't hate the idea but I, I'm definitely not stacking him up, and I'm I'm just hoping for a home run from one of these guys because again, it's a really hard ballpark for uh, right-handed power. Yep, agree with you on that. And then on the opposite side, just like I see Ivan Nova or Ivan Nova, I see him there, and I just go, oh, I don't really want to play him. I don't really want to play Giants. It just feels like a stay-away spot for both. So, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, you can play some Brandon Belt, some Brandon Crawford, and they're if they're in the lineup, but. For the most part, I agree with you. Nova has been really good against righties. Really, he's still not a lot of strikeouts against lefties. He still gets ground balls. He's one of the best ground ball pitchers in all of baseball. But, again, he's about as unexciting as it comes. Typically, when Nova's on the mound, I very rarely play him, and I very rarely play against him. So, it's again, just kind of a stay-away spot for me. You know, that's Nova to a T, so I agree with you on that. Let's move on to the next one. We got the Texas Rangers and the Houston Stackstros. Uh, I know you love the Astros. I love stacking them up, too. Even when they disappoint me, I always keep coming back to them. Uh, didn't go back to them today, though, actually. Uh, I, I took a little break after Friday's disaster uh, against Cole Hamels. But, hey, Matt Moore is on the mound. How do I ignore this? Like, it's just a guy who's been getting hit hard all year long. I mean, just seems like a perfect spot for all these righties. Springer, Altuve, Correa, Gurriel, Brayman, and you're just like, Gaddis. It just feels like a great spot for all these guys. So uh, are you stacking up the Astros and being overweight on them like I am? Here, let me just throw out a few numbers for you. Matt Moore this year against right-handed batters. 13% strikeout rate. That is below average. 9% walk rate. That is above average. But when you get to the hard hits column, it's really interesting because – 47% hard contact against righties. And by the way, 40% medium. He's only getting soft contact 12.7% of the time against right-handed hitters. And by the way, a lot of that hard contact is going in the air. 40% fly balls, 22% line drives. So the Astros, you don't, you never want to call a team in baseball a slam dunk, but the total right now, and again, we're recording this Saturday night, 5.8 runs. It's, it's really difficult to imagine a better spot for the Houston Astros than this, than facing Matt Moore, facing a bad bullpen. I mean, we, we know on Twitter, somebody's going to be going Crawford boxes sometime during this game, because there's really little reason to expect the Astros not to destroy Matt Moore. Oh yeah. I mean, Crane, I'm a sucker for hard hit fly balls. Uh, it's definitely something that I love and I'm going to get all the Springer Altuve Cray. I mean, these are guys I want to jam into my lineup. So up and down this order, I think it's one of the best stacks of the day. So make sure to get exposure to it, plain and simple on the opposite side, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, he's just, he's like real life pitcher that I don't really want to target uh, because he's, he's good, right? Like he's a very good real life pitcher, but it just doesn't seem like the camp side is there, but he is going up against the Rangers. This is kind of sometimes the spots where I say, Hey, maybe I can get away with Dallas Keuchel because the team strikes out a ton. What do you think with Dallas Keuchel here? Cause I'm kind of torn. It seems like a spot where I want to go to it, but I just like enough pitching where it's maybe just the wrong slate. It's the wrong slate for this. There's enough upper end pitching that you're going to want those guys or some cheap guys 
It's like we were talking about earlier with Dylan Bundy, where I don't think you need to go Keiko. He, he's, you know, Jerome Bettis used to say, well, if you need me to get you three yards, I'll get you three yards. If you need me to get you five yards, I'll get you three yards. Dallas Keuchel is like that with 20 points. If you need 20 points from him, he'll get 20 points. If you need 30 points from him, yeah, he's only going to get you 20 points. So I'm not playing Dallas Keuchel. I'm not paying that price for him. To me, you're either going up at pitcher or going way down. Don't don't mess with Keuchel. Like, he'll get you 20. If 20 is what you want out of a pitcher, then by all means. But it's tough to win a tournament paying 8.9K for 20 points. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. I just think we end up staying away from him and staying away from this Texas offense and kind of move on. So is that the best approach? Let's go to the next game. Yeah. All right, next one on the same. We have two left. Uh, we got the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, and we have no total yet on this game, probably because we have to wait for the win. So, uh, you know, we'll let Vegas take care of that. Hopefully they get it out uh, early in the morning for us so we can kind of see that and obviously check out the win ourselves and decide what we want to do with this game. Because we got Lucas Giolito on the mound, and he's definitely someone that I want to target, which means you got to like the Cubs here, especially if that wind's blowing out, right? You know how the Wrigley wind is, uh, Crane. If it's blowing out, it never disappoints, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, it definitely disappoints from time to time. Uh, Giolito, you know what his XFIP is against lefties? Uh, no, what is it? 7.38. Jeez, I was going to guess like 6.3 or yeah, something like that. You don't like, see geez, many yeah. sevens. Jeez. Yeah, that, I mean, he's. I remember last, his last start, I believe, was really bad. I'm trying to remember uh, who he went up against. Uh, let me pull that up right now. Because I remember looking at that and just being like, yeah, against the Pirates, I think it was. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to target him here. And then I didn't. And I was like, oh, man, like I think a bunch of hits were uh, there. But uh, I saw it and I basically said, like, man, I haven't targeted Lucas Giolito enough this year. I need to start doing it. So uh, I'm definitely not going to ignore this here. Uh, I think they're an offense that we have to be playing and getting a lot of exposure to. And uh, one thing I like about this Cubs team in general they have pretty good price tags too around the industry I would say you know you get like a decent Ben Zobris towards the top and here's an interesting stat did you know Javi Baez uh someone's tagged me in this tweet I think two days ago he leads the league in RBIs isn't that crazy to think that's really something because he was sitting at the bottom of the order at the beginning of the year so good on Javi he's also hit in every single I saw his tweet today he's hit in every single lineup spot on this team one through nine he's batted <laughs> everywhere so it's like, it's, uh, it's like the Buster Posey of lineup and Buster Posey did that at Florida State where he, they played him one game, all nine positions. Yeah, it's just he, he's in every spot. So, uh, again, like, I think this team is just so perfect to target here, uh, especially if the wind is blowing uh, blowing out. If it's blowing in, obviously, uh, I'll temper my expectations a little bit, but I still think it's a good offense. We want to target Lucas Giolito. Uh, the stats you brought up, obviously, uh, are reasons to want to target them. Uh, any specific guys? Like, say you're, say you're playing the Cubs. You say you're only playing three of them, Cream. Which ones do you really want? Rizzo, Schwarber, uh, Hap. How about yeah, Ian I mean, Hap? Well, I heard I heard Crane, uh, not Crane. I heard Cheese the other day. Uh, I believe it was on your show. He said uh, Hap is when he, when Hap is hitting the ball, he's crushing it. But when he's not, he's striking out. But that's fine, right? We want that in tournament. So I think that makes a lot of sense with Hap here. Yeah, I think Hap's a really great play, especially at that price, two point five k on Fanduel. That is a phenomenal price on a guy where if he makes contact against Guyley Giolito. It could really go a long way. And you know what? You mentioned the wind in this game. I half hope the wind is blowing in because the difference in ownership between if it's blowing in or blowing out is going to be massive. And you look at this Cubs stadium again. They put a new scoreboard in the wind, not quite as effective as it used to be. So to me, if the wind's blowing in, I almost like the Cubs even more. The Cubs and the Astros on this slate are by a mile the best two stacks. 
Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I always love cores, but it seems like we can maybe get away with not playing cores. And if we can get the – say say all the ownership is on cores based on what happened Friday night, right? It feels like once, like, cores finally hits that big one, then everyone's on it for, like, a, a week for sure. I mean, everyone's always on them, but it seems like they're maybe more on them. Maybe the tournaments, Astros and Cubs, are the uh, most optimal stack to go to. Uh, and uh, you're not wrong. I, I saw a game, the wind was blown in 25 miles an hour this year, and 24 runs were scored, though. What, what would you yeah. know? And it was against, it was Jose Quintana against, I think, like, Sean Newcomb, right? Like, good pitchers. Yeah. So. And those are two pitchers, by the way, allow a lot of fly balls where you would think that would matter a lot more. With yeah. the wind blowing, it just doesn't matter as much as it used to in Wrigley. Yeah, I, I don't know what side I am on it. I'm kind of like, I, I have no clue. I just, whenever I see the wind blowing out, though, I always just follow the crowd, I feel like, just because I'm a cash game player. And they always, the Cubs always have some pretty decent price tags on them. And, hey, uh, one of your boys, Ben Zobris, I believe you said, like, he always hits 20 home runs, and I don't know, like, how he does it every year. I believe I heard you say that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this could be a spot where he hits one of those home runs, Crane. Good for him, because it won't be for my team. You know, I, I always <laughs> joke about the Ben Zobrist All-Stars, the guys who end up the year with, you know, hitting 300, they hit 20 home runs, and I literally have never seen a single one. In- yeah, well, well, I know Chris Davis is one of those guys with the cakes. I never know how he hits the home runs. He's already at 11 this year. I'm trying to figure out how he's done it. Really? And he's done- yeah, he's already at 11. I, I- you know who I, who's starting to go? Josh Bell is starting to go in that category for me. Yeah, like, Josh- I, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a Josh Bell home run, yet he ends up with some at the end of the year. Let's see. Who are some other? I, that's. I'll tell you what. That's what I want to hear on Twitter when you guys listen to this. Who are your Ben Zobrist All Stars guys that always end up at the end of the year putting up stats, but you've never seen them do a single thing in a baseball game? Yeah, uh, tweet us out of that when I when I tweet out the podcast link. Uh, type them in uh, on reply. Uh, put in the guys that you just are confused that have like amazing years or good years that are impressive. You're just like, how'd they do that? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I definitely kind of want to hear that, and we can uh, talk about that on another pod for sure. But uh, I think that's enough about that. Let's talk about the uh, Cubs side a little bit with Hendricks uh, from the pitching perspective. Uh, what's the rule, right? Chicago White Sox against right-handed pitchers. I know Hendricks isn't one of those real high upside pitchers, but at 8.2K, do you think we can still go him against a White Sox team that does strike out a ton against uh, right-handed pitchers? You know, it's a little bit weird because I'm always afraid with these Cubs guys. It's kind of like the Dodgers central where I'm afraid they're going to get pulled a little bit early. But you look at Hendricks last three games, seven innings, 7.2 innings, eight innings. They're letting this guy throw. So, ah. Yeah, I didn't think I would have interest in Kyle Henry. Let's see, what's this DraftKings price, really quick? Uh, I, eight, I got eight point two, or is that Fanduel? Like I'm looking that, at that. Yeah. That's Fanduel, unless Fandle. he's the same on both sides, which would be uh, crazy. eight point nine on DraftKings, which is nine hundred more than Keuchel. Uh, so he's, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish he was like at eight K instead. What, I think. Like, really, what's the difference between Keuchel and Hendricks? Yeah, they seem kind of similar on this slate. That's yeah. why I kind of compared the two. I was like, uh. I don't know. It just I just feel like there there's just such so much strikeout upside against the White Sox, man. I mean, they are just so bad uh against right-handed pitchers. So I don't know. What, what would you do? Would you take Keiko or Hendrick straight up tomorrow if you had to pick only one? Well, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the season stats real quick. Because you know, it might be possible that I've got a blind spot here. And I wanna I wanna look. What are the strikeout rates for, for these guys this year? Because Okay. I'm scrolling down. That's never good when I'm looking for. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's by the true. way, when you say that they're the same, you know, they're similar pitchers, you know, Kyle Hendricks X fit this year, 4.07. You know what Dallas Keuchel's is? 4.06? 4.07. Oh, so geez. well done on both you guys that, you know, Kyle Hendricks strikeout rate 17.9%. Dallas Keuchel 17.5%. Keuchel slightly higher walks, but that a lot of that came from one game. And I was watching that start. He was getting squeezed like hell. So I guess I would take Keuchel. I mean, 
no, the Rangers suck. I would take Keuchel, I guess, before I would take Hendricks. I don't have a ton of interest in either of these guys, though. I'll tell you what, I'm starting to be – I kind of poo-pooed on it earlier. 8K for Keuchel. I was looking at that FanDuel price of 8.9K. 8K for Keuchel and DraftKings is actually interesting. And I would rather pay that than 8.9 for Kyle Hendricks. Well, yeah, that's what kind of, like, brought up the discussion for me because I saw Hendricks and I said, you know what? I, and it just kind of came into my head. Like, Hendricks and Keuchel are very similar – are in very similar matches, right? Against two teams that strike out a ton, against that side of the plate, uh, not very good offenses, and just, like, you know, will pitch really efficiently. And that's one thing to like on DraftKings is guys that pitch efficiently. Like, on FanDuel, you can kind of let guys on base and still get the strikeouts and you're fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, you get hit uh, for any walks or any type of, uh, you know – hits that get put on you that was obviously hurt you so on DraftKings, i guess you're right maybe we do have interest in keiko over uh, hendrix again he's probably not a guy that i get a lot of exposure to but if you force me to, to pick between the two uh it kind of makes sense because again they just seem very similar and it's funny that you brought up the numbers and they're pretty much identical they are right 4.07 exposure they're pretty much they are pretty much identical and you know if you play severino and keiko together you still got uh 3.725 per player left on drafting so you can make a pretty decent team with that unless you're wanting to stack our astros who are going to be I'm just going to roll the dice and guess they're a little bit more expensive. If I click Houston here, hitters, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what, Correa, Altuve, Springer, all over 5K, Bregman, 4.1K, nobody else over 3.8K. So you can actually make a reasonable Astro stack for cheap. And by the way, make sure you keep an eye on George Springer. He did leave today's game. It was precautionary when he left. But I expect him to be in there against Matt Moore, and I certainly uh, hope he is because he gone dong tomorrow. But that's obviously good, right? Because uh, you know, talk about the Astros lineup. Uh, we can get Gaddis for cheap, who's starting to heat up a little bit. We can get Josh Reddick. People won't play him lefty lefty, but like, how long will Matt Moore be in there? And like, Matt Moore still is terrible against lefties too. Like, you're just gonna get him very under owned and contrarian. I believe uh, I was looking at the top of tournament last day, and like, I saw a team that was pretty similar to mine that you know had like three different guys and was like at the top. And they had Josh Reddick and they had Evan Gaddis. So, uh, you know, like those guys obviously had some good games today. I'm actually pulling up now so I can see. Yeah, Josh Reddick was on there. He had like, you know, a double a walk and a run. And then Gaddis, you know, crushed one out, home run, uh, stolen base for Evan Gaddis too. Uh, and, uh, and a Wait, Evan out. Gaddis stole a base today? Yeah, you'd actually be shocked of how much Evan Gaddis steals. Like he actually steals if more If it was over one, I would be shocked. So, yeah, apparently I would be. No, like, I, I'm going to pull up. It's actually, like, really funny. Like, I'm going to pull up his stolen base numbers on it. It's just, like, the season in general every year. Because it's, it's higher than you would think. You'd be, like, absolutely shocked of how many stolen bases he has. Hold on. I'm scrolling to find it really quick. Because it's one of those weird stats that I saw one time. Uh, or maybe I'm going crazy. Yeah, maybe I'm going crazy. Uh, <laughs> maybe I lost all the wrong guy or whatever. But yeah, way, he has I think it's his first career steer today. And man goes ready to put him up there with uh, Vince Coleman. I swear I saw that stat once. You know, you know, you watch so much. You watch so much sports, man. Sometimes you go crazy. But dude, uh, it's yeah. true. It really is true. Like you just kind of lose your mind. You say, yeah. I swear, there's a hit. But, you know. Wait, I just want to mention, Evan Gaddis is 2K on FanDuel, which just that salary relief is insane. So That's uh, way too cheap. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. I'm a fan of that. And, like, Josh Reddick, uh, I think, is an interesting guy. Like, there's just ways that you can get guys for cheap. Like, Guriel in there, too, is a nice cheap guy. And, again, that bullpen is bad. And uh, we're going to get, like, those guys coming in there, too. So it's not going to, like, you're going to get those lefties the whole time. So if you can find a lefty like McCann or a Reddick or any other, or Marwin Gonzalez, uh, he's a switch hitter, so you can get him either way. Again, we like the Astros a ton. But uh, let's let's stop talking about that and go to the last game. Uh, I know you said we don't do much analysis on this, but, Crane, we should probably talk about it. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers and the Colorado Rockies. We got Junior Guerrero against uh, John Gray. 
what do you kind of do with this game? Uh, you know, John Gray, he's can have good games, but I don't know. Your, your boy, Big T, says sometimes he blows up, so I, I don't know anymore. I know he struggled a little bit this year, but he came out and had a nice Saturday, I believe, the last one out there. And he's not a guy that I want to typically target. Like, normally when he's in cores, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I can stay away from it if I think the ownership's inflated. And especially against a boom-bust offense like the Brewers that is more right-handed heavy, I think it's a spot where I maybe stay away from the Brewers and maybe more so look to target those Rockies lefties against Junior Guerrero. Yeah, and, you know, John Gray is a guy, he's much worse against lefties than he is riders. You could play Travis Shaw here at 4.7K. I think the ownership's going to be high on him, but at the same time, I think he's a really good play. Christian Yelich, I think, is so overrated. I'm not playing Christian Yelich. I'm certainly not paying 4.9K for him over on DraftKings. And you kind of mentioned the Rockies. These lefty bats are all going to be in play. Cargo is too cheap. Gerardo Parra, he's 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 an assistant captain on the Ben Zobrist All-Stars. He's too cheap. Tony Walters... Um, if he was $1, he would be too expensive because that guy sucks. But at the same time, it's still lefty bat, and he's under 3K against Guerra. So could you play him? Yeah, I guess. And, of course, Charlie Blackman at 5.6K, absolutely in play against Guerra. Yeah, and um, you know what? You know what Christian Yelich is? He's the Kansas City Royals of the MLB, right? Their runs are not as e- their hits. His hits are not equal to everyone else's hits. What They're always thinking singles. They're not home runs. He's very frustrating roster at that price at four. I, I don't play him. I, I really, I very rarely play Christian Yelich, and I very rarely regret it. I don't. I mean, this is definitely the park two plan. Like, I would play him in, like, Cincinnati, uh, obviously in Milwaukee's park a little bit. But when he's in these, like, normally he's not in good parks. But I don't know. I just rather play other guys. Like, I'd rather I mean, like the what does it matter when he hits all of his – what does it matter when all of his balls are hit on the ground? Yeah. I don't just, care what park he's in. I, you know, if he gets on base, he's probably going to try and run. I mean, if I remember, hold on, let me – here, you talk about something. I'm going to look up something. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about the lefties on the Colorado side. I believe uh, Carlos Gonzalez, like, he just got scratched today. Not, not For nothing crazy. I didn't see what the reason was. I think it was just because of the, the pitcher changed. So, uh, I don't think it was anything uh, too crazy on this slate with Carlos Gonzalez. So, I think he's obviously someone that if he's in the lineup, I'm going to want to have some exposure to against Junior Guerrera. Uh, you know, Trevor Story after that big game, you know, you can obviously still play him. Uh, I just – I'm more interested in these lefties. If I can get Charlie Blackman there, I would love to. I think it's obviously a good spot for a guy like Charlie Blackman. Just, it just depends if you have the money to pay up for him. Have you found it, Crane? Yeah, you know what? Here, Christian Yelich this year, he has his he has his lowest ground ball rate of his career. You know what it is? 53%. Yeah, that's, also, that's funny. It's his lowest, too. It's <laughs> his lowest. I mean, here in his six seasons, here is ground ball rate. 63, 61, 62, 56, 55, 53. Fly ball rates here in six seasons. 13, 17, 15, 20, 25, 22. This guy just keeps getting priced like an all-star, and – I just don't see it with him. I don't see him as a guy in fantasy, especially somebody who strikes out an average amount of time. I just don't see him as a guy I'm going to roster a lot, and I sure as hell I'm not going to pay 4.9K for him. Yeah, agreed. If you're playing Brewer Stacks, I would kind of want to stay away instead. Uh, is that about it for this game, Crane? I mean, uh, any interest? I mean, you have interest in the Rockies, but I mean, it's typical, right? The lefties, uh, anyone specific you want to talk about? Or it's cores. Obviously, you can stack it if you want to. Yeah, you, you can play everybody except for Tony Walters. He sucks. Yeah, I agree so much with that take. Oh, my God, Tony Walters. Oh, wow, yeah, he is not a fun roster ever. So Not at all. All right, well, I don't know if you wish to listen to the weekend grind much, Crane, but this is what we do now. We do the the stack of the day. So you got to give me your favorite stack. I think this will be easy. We, we cross cores off. We don't do that because it's obvious. We all know about that. This is our time to talk about your favorite stack of the slate. So, Crane, uh, talk about the stack that you like and give me some of like, the reasons why and the players that you kind of stack it up with. How would you do it and who's the team? Yeah, I mean, it's the Houston Astros. It has to be against Matt Moore. All the hard contact, all the fly balls. He's bad 
He's a bad major league pitcher. There's a bad bullpen behind him. Houston, the team total, as of right now when we're recording this, it's approaching six. That might be six by the time we wake up in the, well, in the afternoon, let's be honest. Especially you can fill guys in that are cheap. Evan Gaddis is cheap on both sides. Minimum price on FanDuel, it's absurd. Alex Bregman is too cheap. Yuli Gurriel, um, he's also too cheap. These guys, especially at the top of the order, they tend to hit fly ball pitchers better, especially Springer and Correa. Both these guys are in phenomenal spots, especially if Springer plays. They, he left the game today. It was precautionary. I expect him to be back on Sunday. So, to me, George Springer and Carlos Correa, one of those guys are going to home run. I'm going to say both of them hit home runs. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for me, it's the Cubs, man. I, I love this offense here tomorrow. Uh, Rizzo, Bryant, obviously two staples. I will not leave them off when I'm building my stacks. Love getting me some Kyle Schwarber in there for obviously the home run upside. Uh, Javi Baez, too. I don't mind getting Ben Zobrist. I'll, I'll mix him in a little bit. But love Ian Happ. Think he's going to be one of those low-owned guys that can hit a home run that I want to get some exposure to on this slate. So, again, love the Cubs stack. And, uh, yeah, we talked about it. Do we give a sneaky stack, too? Because both of those weren't really obvious. Yeah, yeah, we go for the sneaky stack. I'm always down for that if we give obvious ones. Uh, do you it's, have a sneaky stack uh, in the yeah, chamber? It's, it's the Mariners, and especially if you're going to stack up the Mariners, play. don't be afraid to play the lefties. Robinson Cano, Kyle Steger. Again, this is going to be a bullpen game. Blaine Hardy is a 31-year-old AAA guy. So don't be afraid of targeting Blaine Hardy with righties, lefties, guys with no arms, whatever. They're all going to hit Hardy really well. So – Mariners, if you're going for a sneakier stack, that's who I would roll with. Yeah, uh, I you know I agree with you on that. Like I, I love the Mariners there. I'll just let you stick with the sneaky stacks. I'm the I'm the cash game chalk guy. I don't, I'll stay in my lane. How's that sound? But there's so many good stacks I like. Right there's the Yankees. Uh, there's the Indians. I mean, it's gonna be one of those days where I'm not gonna worry as much as ownership as uh, some people do. So uh, I won't worry about it as much. I'll just find the stack that I like and stack it up. So for me, I'm gonna try and best the gym in those Cubs and Astros and see if I can make it work. But uh, I just have to do some construction and see if I can get in those pitchers because again, I want to prioritize those pitchers tomorrow. Uh, any final cross? Uh, oh, any final thoughts crane before we get on out of here um make sure you pay attention to who's actually pitching in new york i think jacob Degrom on DraftKings is about two thousand bucks too cheap so he's a really good play over on fanduel any of these top guys go whether it's paxton severino Degrom. i think kluber is overpriced and on DraftKings, don't be afraid to roll the dice on dylan bunny i know it's i know he's been terrible but again he cannot possibly cross his fingers praise to whatever you pray to be that bad again, especially at 5,500 on DK. I think you have to be willing to roll the dice on him a little bit. Agree on that. Again, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Hopefully I can get you on again, Crane, before the baby comes. So, uh, you know, then you can obviously take your two-week break and then uh, get yourself back in the swing of things. Uh, so good luck on that. Again, if you guys want to uh, go give, some, give Crane some uh, first uh, dad advice. He's uh, willing to take it and wants to hear the fun responses on Twitter. So give him a follow on Twitter and uh, talk to him about that there. So, again, thanks a lot for joining us. For me, Travis Mangone, and for Eric Crane, we are out. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.